This is the Media Week Industry Podcast from the people at mediaweek.com.au. Welcome to a new Media Week podcast. I'm Crudy Joshi, the Deputy Editor of Media Week, and we're in Melbourne today on the site of the new The Block series. Um, I can't say the name of the suburb because clearly I'm not a local. Well, there we go. Here's a local. <laughs> the Block Elstonwick. And we're, there you go. We're with Julian Cress, co-creator, executive producer, but returning to a Media Week podcast. Good to have you again, Julian. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And I was getting to that, James Manning, the editor of Media Week, but never mind. But... I had to get Elstonwick out of it. Well, now, yeah. Look, can I – sorry, I'll butt in one more time. <laughs> so all the series have had sort of um, subtitles. Is this going to be just the Block Elstonwick or is there something else? I think that um, the promos department come up with those. Yeah. Um, I just go and make the block, and then we deliver Do it they to the nine after network. it started. Yeah, so this time they've called it the block, the street. Mm. Yeah, for something a little bit different. Right. Um, but I think you know, fair enough. It's, it's the you know, it, it is kind of doing a street. Yeah, absolutely. So you've had thirteen seasons of it, and with these taglines, are there ones that you're never really a fan of, and you go, "Yo, can we please change this?" Um, no, not really. But I, we have had some arguments over the years about them. Uh, I remember wanting to call a show the Blocktagon, and uh, and and because it was an octagonal building, but there were other people that wanted to call it Octoblock. Um, I won that argument, and I yeah, think yeah, rightly yeah. so, too. Blocktagon yeah. was uh, much better. Can I just say I'm very thankful that you won that argument. The other one would have been heinous. <laughs> Thank you. So with the 13th season, how do you keep it fresh? Because, you know, there is a risk of or the audience getting tired of such a long-running format. Yeah, look, you know, I, I think... Ultimately, the block isn't um, isn't about building, even though we build houses, um, and it's not really about um, renovating, even though we renovate every week and deliver, you know, rooms. Are you sure? I pretty much describe this as a renovating reality TV show. <laughs> okay, so you know that that that's what people say, but actually, what the block is um, to me as a producer is a massive soap opera. You know, and that's the way we pre- that's the way we approach it. Um, yes, it's got a lot of renovation and building in it, but we actually approach it as though we're making a soap opera. So you're a drama fan. So every time couples fight, you're like, yes. Yeah, I mean, we don't have to manufacture any of that. You know, we, you put. I mean, you can see the challenge looking around at what they've created here. Um, you can imagine what it's like if you put. You know, five couples into uh, into into this sort of environment with these ramshackle old houses, and ask them to um, turn them into something like this in three months. Um, you're going to get some arguments. You know, you're going to get some people who are going to get really tired. And um, and what that means is that they're not going to be able to hide who they really are from the audience. And so the audience really gets to see these people, you know, in, in their, their raw state. And that's, that's, that's why I think people come to watch a show. I mean, it's uh, sure they get inspired by ideas of what's created, but I think that to watch it night after night for three months, you've got to be invested in the characters and you've got to be invested in the story in the same way that you would be watching Neighbours. That's some example. <laughs> but you, or Game of Thrones. And yeah, well, <laughs> you, you said about you don't have to manufacture any of the the drama, the soap opera. Do contestants come realizing that, or with different expectations of what they have to deliver in terms of that drama? 
Uh, yes, they do. Um, you know, some some people, you know, having been long-term fans of the show, um, come to it thinking that, um, you know, we won't really get in their way. They can just, um, you know, swing a hammer and concentrate on building their house. Um, others come um, knowing that it's going to be all about what they think about their partner and about their neighbours. Um, and But at the end of the day, you know, that all evens out. Um, we don't cast anybody on the show who it seems obvious to us just wants to be on television. We cast people on the show who really want to deliver something really special like this. Um, but we look for people that have got enough strength of personality and willpower that um, they're, 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 they're not going to be shrinking violets and they're not mm. going to be boring to watch. Um, and clearly, um, you know, we've had some success in choosing those people in the past and I think we've had a lot of success this time as well. Are you ever scared when you're casting that people have walked in as pairs but might walk out as singles? <laughs> um, so I'm glad you mentioned that we've done 13 series because... Um, we have had occasions where the renovating couple uh, at the end of it have decided not to stay together, but only on two occasions. Oh, wow. And out of 13 series with, you know, four or five couples per series, that's hundred, you know, over 100 people. So there's only two couples that have ever actually broken up. Well, that's a good ratio to go by that. Like, you know, if I go into the series, my marriage won't break up at least. So that's not bad. <laughs> Julian, how involved do you get in the casting? Because it must be pretty time-consuming. Do you get do you get in at the pointy end where you've got to start making decisions, or or do you start a bit earlier? Mate? We have a really excellent casting director in uh, Lucky Price, um, who has cast every series of the show, oh, really? um, and he he's a genius. Um, so we leave him to go through the 10,000 applications that we got for this series. Um, but what we do do is allow him the time to do that. So you look around at this renovation, it took three months to mm. create five houses, but we gave Lucky five months to find the five couples. So he had more time to find the people so who the were going to renovate. That you can't possibly get wrong. You, you cannot, cannot shortcut casting because, um, frankly, the show is all about casting. It's, it's all it's about. Does he have a role after that? I mean, because he's involved in finding those people, do they, do they have any relationship with him once it started or has he moved on and he's looking for the next one then? He is. I mean, professionally, yes, he's, he's moved on and is looking at the next one. Um, but personally, he's still very much invested in the people that are here. And so we check in with him, you know, on a sort of biweekly basis and update him on how things are going and how his cast is performing for us um, because he remains incredibly interested. Um, but, but no, he basically hands them over to us and we start making the show. With the casting process, now I've heard the dialogue, you know, casting is king a thousand times over, but when it comes to the actual process, can you tell me, like, does he read the applications word for word or is his job almost like a recruiter where he looks at the first page of the CV, if he finds it boring, it goes into the bin? Um, I can't answer that question. I think you'd need to speak to him about it. Um, I can only work off the results um, he's never let us down with the couples that we've got. Um, and I can't think of a time where we've, because sometimes we broaden it and go back and look at uh, other applicants to see if we can get a different kind of a mix. Mm -hmm. And I've never found anybody that he's passed over that's better than anyone he's delivered to me. So 
I suspect that, yes, he watches every video and reads every application. Everybody's very conscious about um, diversity and stuff like that on TV now. Do you think the people who make the show are representative of the sort of people who apply? I can guarantee that the people who are on the show are representative of the people who apply, um, but I am conscious about diversity, it, it is raised with us. Um, we have had accusations levelled at us time and time again for being, you know, too white. Um, but, you know, I, I think that it's a bit unfair. Um, we have had um, Aboriginal contestants. We've had uh, Greek winners of the show. We've had Lebanese contestants. We've, we were the very first show ever to have a gay male couple on television, um, and and in the last season we had we were the first show to have a lesbian couple doing it. So you know, you can talk about diversity, but I think we've actually met that you know, time and time again. Um, but it's always on our mind. Can you go back to the very beginning when you were doing season one, or when when you were creating it? What sparked the idea and, you know, what's the journey, what was the journey like to pitching it tonight and then getting it up? Um, it was the fastest commission of any show that anyone can remember. We pitched it on a Friday to Peter Meekin, who was at that time the head of reality at the Nine Network. He took it directly upstairs to David Gingell, who was the um, deputy CEO of the Nine Network, who just kind of started in that role. And David Gingell was kind of looking to make his mark um, at the time. And he heard the pitch from Peter Meekin and said, we're doing this show. And he rang Kerry Packer and told him that this was the show he wanted to make. Kerry Packer said, you're crazy, it'll never work. And David Gingell said, well, screw you, I'm going to make it anyway. <laughs> well, obviously that didn't stir any shit down, so well done. <laughs> the Talk to us about the financial um model of it all because it's um you've generated some massive amounts of um money in terms of what the properties sell for mm -hmm. but then you invest a lot of course mm -hmm. setting it all up how important is that to keeping it going that it's and is it sort of somehow self-funding or just yeah what can you tell us about that yeah i mean look the show commercially the show is a great success um because of the nature of what it is, it's it's very easy for sponsors to integrate their product into it. Mm. Um, we have 10 sponsors on this series of the show. Um, I think that's probably seven or eight more sponsors than most <laughs> other shows have, um, and, and we're really fortunate, you know, for that. Um, so, yes, it's it the show, it's a very profitable show for the network um, before, you know, it's profitable before we even start filming. Mm. Um, but it won't be if people don't watch it. Mm. You know, it's it's easy to, you know, come up with an idea that would appeal to brands and to agencies, but it's not so easy to come up with a show that appeals to viewers. And ultimately, that's what we have to do, you know. We'll keep making this show forever, um, and, and, and there's plenty of money out there in marketing land that would get behind it, but if people don't want to watch it, there's nothing you can do to stop them. There's two risks, I guess, because the risk of the audience and if the properties, for some reason, the, the buyers didn't find the properties attractive, it could fail there as well too, couldn't it? You yeah. had that one of the seasons, didn't you? Oh, more than one. We've had three seasons where properties have failed to sell. Um, they've been passed in at auction. Um, 
That's uh, four seasons, sorry. Over the 13, we've had four occasions where that's happened. Um, that's not the end of the idea of the block. Um, you know, it's a reality show. Um, I think a little bit different to the way that, you know, some reality shows end, um, not naming names, but say mm. MasterChef, for example. Mm. You know, when you get to the grand final, you get to a point where you've got three judges putting their hand up and turning over a number and saying, I give them a nine or I give them an eight or whatever, and that decides who wins the show. And there's nothing wrong with that. But with our show, I think the audience knows that there is no, there's no judge who's deciding who wins. It's the buying public, and it's whether or not the properties actually sell at auction and for how much. And we can't influence that in any way at all as producers. So... You know, I think it's 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 the ultimate reality show in that sense because it is not decided by the production. When it comes to the real factor of the reality show, you hear a lot of producers talk about, you know, this is very real and that's why it's a reality show. But when it comes to the block, it's a little bit complex in the sense that, you know, these um, participants, whoever come onto this show is taking, it's a big, it's a big undertaking, like the room that we're sitting in, the fact that it's the whole house has come together in three months seems like a mammoth of a task. So um, with the participants delivering this, these rooms week on week, is there like little tweaks and stuff that you have to do after they've, you know, a Scotty cam set or at Time's Up or Tools Down, sorry, Tools Down? How authentic. No, no. Um, <laughs> so the competition um, on this series finished on Sunday mm. and we're sitting here doing an interview on Wednesday. So... There has been no time for us to do anything to any of these rooms to kind of make them ready for you. Um, this is what those contestants delivered at the end of the competition and we're in that room. So you have to look around and decide for yourself whether you think this is, um, you know, as good as I do. Um, but this space we're in, this whole bedroom, the bathroom behind us um, was delivered by Sticks and Wombat in six days. <laughs> They created this whole space from Monday to Sunday morning, um, just the two of them and their tradesmen. And I think, you know, it's a testament to what people can do under that kind of pressure. And can you help out in, like, you know, the background sort of thing when, you know, when you see Tyler's walking off the job or someone not able to get some sort of tradesman in, can you go, all right, yo, you know, the this couple or whatever, if they've used this person in, you know, previous seasons, that might be a good start? You know, the one thing that um, people often think that we as producers manufacture some of the scenarios to create drama, but we don't have to because when you've got five contestants employing five tradesmen each um, for this kind of job and this kind of pressure, somebody's going to walk off the job. You know? Are you telling me you've never told a tradie, all right, you, you're good to go? <laughs> No, we don't have to. I mean, that's the thing. With renovating, I mean, the reason that renovating is the backdrop for our show is that shit happens. You know, you cannot renovate. Nobody who's ever renovated will tell you that shit didn't go down, whether it was between them and their tradie or between them and their wife or their husband. Um, shit goes down. And it certainly does on our show, but we don't need to get involved in it. We just stand back and watch and wait for it to happen. And it always happens. I seriously feel like you're one of those people who enjoys a great drama. So when couples start fighting, you're like, yes. <laughs> oh, I am. 
<laughs> absolutely. Yeah, I, I don't apologize for that. Ruthless. Well, yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. That's 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 what that's what I'm here for. That's what the audience comes for, you know. But we are also about happy endings. I mean, we are about trying to, you know, create something really special and give these contestants the possibility of doing something. We are the only show on television in this genre where everyone can win. You know, there are five couples here, but it's not just one winner. They can all walk away winners. We've given away $15 million on this program in 13 series. So, you know, it's not like there's one winner and four losers. We're hoping that they all win. But, yes, if they have a fight along the way, we will shoot it and we will put it to air. Now, as a school kid, were you one of those people who'd stand in the crowd and be the one yelling out, fight, 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 fight? (laughs) No, 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 no. This is a job. I hope, I hope you understand. I'm actually a very, very calm, laid-back person. I'm not, I'm not interested in violence in any way. Um, this is my job. I enjoy doing it. I like drama. I don't necessarily like people punching each other up. I'm just stirring shit. Yeah, I was, I was just wondering when you're talking about that. Do you, if, if I'm working for you as a camera person or a producer with with one of the couples, are, are there times when you know, okay, we, we've got enough, we'll, we'll we'll let them if they're, you know, there's a domestic or something, you'll you'll stand back and you'll give them a certain amount of privacy. Yes. Yeah, absolutely, we will. Yeah, we. I mean, that that has happened quite a few times. Mm. You know, there's a point where you just say, oh, look, let's not shoot this. Yeah. Um, we wouldn't want to. We wouldn't want to put it in the show. Um, it's it's inappropriate, and then um, you know we'll work with those people and sit down, and you know once everything comes down, <laughs> we'll talk them through it and say, look, don't you know, don't feel like you're going to have to relive that on television because we're going to edit it this way or that way because you know it's it's not something that we would want you sitting down in your living room in three months' time with your children watching on TV, um, and that happens because you know we. We, we develop very close relationships with these contestants and by the time we get to the end of it, we're all really close friends. Um, that's, that's how it goes. You've had scenarios in the past where um, contestants have talked about, you know, you, uh, the show not portraying them correctly, etc., etc. What do you have to say to that? Bullshit. <laughs> I, I totally reject that. I've, you know, I was a journalist before doing this. I was a producer at 60 Minutes for 10 years. Um, we have never portrayed anyone on the show um, in a way that doesn't reflect exactly how they were when we were making the show. And the funny thing is that I know that some of those people, when I've talked to them about it since, they say, yeah, look, I just said that at the time because I was really angry. But I, now when I look back on it, it was how I was. So if you if you see one of these articles pop up, you're like, do you just pick up your phone and text that like, dude, what's wrong? <laughs> No, no, I let it slide. I don't mind. I've got a thick skin. Um, but when I run into them in the pub, you know, or meet them, I mean, you know, I, I'm friends with all these people. And, you so know, you bring we, up we the catch Excuse up. me. So what about this? Yeah. What do you mean we didn't portray you correctly? You know, what, what was that about? And they go, yeah, sorry, but, you know, I was just being interviewed and I was really angry. And, you know, and, and when I'd seen that episode and I was just trying to deflect it. And so I said that it was all about the editing. But, you know, now that I look back on it, you're right. It wasn't about the editing. I was just being an asshole. Mm. Julian, tell us what part of the process do you enjoy most? I'm pretty sure I've asked you this a few times at different blocks over the years, but um, has that changed at all as on the journey through the, those 13 years? Um, it's changed in that I came into it with no experience about building, um, and I have, I must say, have really enjoyed learning 
about that, learning about property development and building. Um, I mean, that may sound boring, but mm. for me, it was, it's been really exciting. I, I just like the whole process. Um, but the thing that got me into it in the first place hasn't changed at all, and that's working really closely with people and telling their stories. You know, it's the, you know I go back to saying, you know, we, we, we're making a human drama here as well as we can. I mean, you know, people may be cynical about that and say, oh, well, you know, it's hardly a, a drama. But to me it is. It's a drama show. That's how we make it. I think that's part of the secret of its longevity and its success. Um, and it's why I'll keep making it. Over 13 seasons, have you picked up enough enough um, skills and knowledge to build or renovate your own house in three months? <laughs> okay, now... <laughs> Last year, my wife and I decided that we were going to renovate our house, so we, um, we we gutted it, and we completely renovated it from inside out, and we finished it in five weeks. And we did that just to prove a point. Yes. Bullshit. It's like I'm the executive producer of this. I should know how to do this. Five weeks, really? We did it. We did our entire house, top to bottom, in five weeks. Yeah. Bedrooms, bathrooms, kitchen, the lot. And it nearly killed us, but at the end of it... I was able to say, and I am able to say to the contestants, I know what you're going through, but believe me, um, I can do it in half the time. <laughs> Whoa, what a show-off. So when the tradies walk through, did you just clap your hands together and go, all right, boys, we're approaching it like the block, except the turnaround three days? I was lucky. I did use all the block tradies to do it, and they are very, very good. And they were doing my house, so they tried really hard to. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about season 13, the block, the street. Um, tell us what the, tell us how this block of land was presented to you. Did, did someone, because I guess you're getting pitched stuff all the time. So tell us about the decision to go with this and then, and then the process you went through to, um, to divide it up into these places. Yeah, it's a good, good question, James, because it was actually, um, when we finished the last series of the show, we didn't have anywhere to make this. We'd, we'd, we had nothing to go on to. So, frankly, I was getting a little bit desperate. I was really lucky that one of the agents who was selling one of the apartments, um, Julia and Sasha's apartment, said to me on auction day, are you interested? Are you looking for property? And I said, yeah, I am. And he said, I've got a block of land in Elstonwick. And I thought, yeah, right, whatever. <laughs> I mean, we've never bought a block of land before. We're not, that's not yeah. what we look for. Um, but I, as I said, I was quite desperate. So the no, next, yeah. So the next day, I actually drove over here and I parked outside on the street and looked at it and went, "Holy shit! This is a big block of land, you know, three thousand square meters of land." Um, and just standing there looking at the block gave me the idea to put the five old houses on it. And I called Michael Healy, literally from here on that day and said I'm standing in a block of land I've got this idea I just need 10 million (laughs) dollars and we've got the next series and God bless him as always he said sounds great Jules let's do it I would have been like you're nuts get out of there (laughs) 10 million dollar phone call yeah well you know they get that money back. Yeah. I mean, yeah. at the end of the day, the reserve prices on these houses mm. will recover that $10 million. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean, you know, he's, he's always had faith in what we're doing. Um, and, you know, from the very beginning, he, he was part of commissioning this show when it started. I like how you guys can level it out and like, yeah, we're investing 10 mil and then we'll get it back. I'd be like, 10 million? Like, yeah, just drive out of there right now. <laughs> Come back to Sydney, not doing any more. <laughs> And then what do you get in? You got in architects or you go to council? Just just take us through the bit of the process. 
I always use the same architect. Um, his name is Julian too, Julian Branchley. Uh, he's my oldest friend since I was eight years old. Um, he has done every series of the block for me, and um, he had the vision to you know to do all of these okay. extensions that you can see yeah. on these old houses. Right. I just yeah. I said to him, I want to put old houses on this block of land, and I need you to make them look good. And he did an, an amazing job with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. fantastic. The um, now we know where you're going to next. Been a lot of publicity about that. The uh, the Gatwick, the the um, former hotel in St Kilda. Um, will that start this year, or will you start work next year? How far into that are you? Um, when the show was originally conceived um, in two thousand two, the idea was that we would shoot it in summer and put it to air in winter um, because we and we filmed the mm. first series at Bondi Beach, mm-hmm. and it worked a treat. You know, it premiered at over two yeah. million viewers yeah. and went nuts um part of the success was that in the middle of winter it's quite nice to look at people enjoying themselves in summer (laughs) which just seems like a no-brainer to me so for the gatwick series my hope is that we will shoot it in summer um but it may not air until next winter but but i'd really like to be filming it by you know soon after christmas Mm -hmm. um because we're on st kilda beach Beach you know it'll be beautiful yeah. yeah Yeah. You just mentioned that you were in Sydney for the first couple of seasons. Um, any chances of you coming back there? Yeah. If the property prices drop, sure. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah. you, you tell, me, tell me when that happens and we'll have a look. But you've got $10 million to play with. I'm sure you can do something. Ten, $10 million doesn't buy you much in Sydney anymore. Bullshit. For five, not for five, five houses. Okay, no, not for no. five houses. Think, think okay. about this. Think about this site. Imagine us trying to do this. Three, you find me 3,000 square metres of land in Bondi Junction. Okay, not Bondi Junction. You can get something in Western Sydney, like up my hood. Yeah, but, but, <laughs> but we're just by the beach here. I mean, this is Elstonwick. Mm. This is one of the prime suburbs of Melbourne. You can make Western Sydney prime, Julian. You've got the power to do that. We, Julian's like, yeah, nah, no, no, <laughs> too much of this job. Don't get me wrong. We, we can and we would. I mean, I don't have anything against Western Sydney. Um, but, you know, if you go out and talk to people in Penrith and say, where would you like to live? They'd say Bondi. Hmm. You know, if we had our, if we had our druthers. It's like, aspirational, we would, it's, isn't it? Yeah, the show. show's always been aspirational. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with living in Liverpool or Campbelltown or Penrith. But the families there, if they could, they'd love to live in Tamarama or Bronte. So when we can make a show that, in that, we're giving our contestants the opportunity of a lifetime, and that translates to the audience getting behind them and seeing them change their lives for the better. Mm. Now, I'm just being nitpicky, but um, I was speaking to Neil Whitaker, who's one of your judges on the show, when he was the editor of Vogue Living, I think soon after he stepped down from that position. Um, but I was just saying, so uh, Neil Whitaker joined the show as a judge when he was the editor of Bell, yep. then moved across to Vogue Living. Yep. Now, with that transition, I realised that all the magazines that are on display in the show also changed from Bell to Vogue Living. Is that something that you guys, like, look at, or is it just something the contestants do? Yeah, so we don't choose the styling uh, for any of the rooms. The contestants do. And the contestants, as soon as they knew that um, Neil was now the editor of Vogue Living, they started putting Vogue Living in their rooms. I started accusing Neil of doing that. <laughs> no, no, no. They, they do it themselves. Fair. Yeah. 
look, uh, Crudy, I know you're a big fan of the show, so we've got to wind this up, let Julian get on with uh, the rest of the guests here at the sort of open day we're at at the block, if you like, uh, mm. pre-season a preview. Um, my final questions for him are about um, highlights for this season, are things we should look out for, any any things you particularly like that you think will make good TV? Drama. Well, I'll say this about this season. The thing that excited me most about it and, and when I first saw this block of land is that it seems odd even to me, but this being our 13th season of the show, we have never done family homes, ever. It's the first time we've actually featured family-sized houses and I think that's the thing that's probably most exciting about this season, apart from the cast. I mean... I'll always go back to casting and always say it's all about the cast. But if you, that aside, I would say the other thing that's most exciting is that the block, for the very first time, has done family homes. Fair. Julian, thank you so much for your time. Appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, check us out online, mediaweek.com.au. Also follow us on Twitter on Twitter and Facebook. So I was meant to say follow us on social, at Media Week AUS. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Groot.